sorry about that for a second. Hello, everyone. My name is Tracy Siska. I'm your host for the Chicago Justice Show. I'm also the executive director at the Chicago Justice Project. You can find out more about our work at chicagojustice.org. And you can also find archive versions of this show up on our Twitter, um, on our YouTube page, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. All right, today we are going to talk about a $20 million plus settlement from the Chicago City Council related to the Chicago Police Department. You probably haven't heard much about that. Not a surprise. A horrible op-ed in the Sun-Times by former Deputy Mayor Susan Lee and 19th Ward Alderman Matt O'Shea. It was awful on multiple counts. And the double down on that awfulness, our next segment is on an NBC interview, exclusive interview with Susan Lee. That's right. They did an interview with her after a horrible, um, horrible op-ed. They did an exclusive interview with her and asked her all the things that she wouldn't answer in the op-ed. That also was awful. And then we're going to end. We get to it on uh, CWB Chicago social media fail. They fail quite often. They're a common feature of this repeat segment, but um, they do it pretty spectacularly in this one. Okay, before we get to that, sponsor this show. Hit us up at Chicago uh, at infochicagojustice.org and we will design a sponsorship program for you, for your business. Um, we can do this, um, you know, we can customize to any, any level, any rate. We are quickly approaching our 2,000th download of our podcast. Plus, this show gets streamed on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook live three times a week. Come sponsor this show, and you can help us stream city council meetings related to justice, Cook County meetings, and the Illinois Department, uh, the Illinois General Assembly, all related to justice issues, the police board, and more. And hit us up at infochicagojustice.org and we'll customize a sponsorship program for you. Our first segment tonight, headline out of CBS News. Although if you will notice this, this is CBS News Chicago. For those of us on the podcast, I will describe it for you. The headline of the article, I guess it's an article because it's not a TV report, even though it is on CBS News Chicago. Finance Committee backs $20.5 million settlement for two men who, they, who say they were framed by former Chief Detective Ronaldo Grovera. But the news, the video piece that's embedded in this has nothing to do with the settlement. So it looks like it was just a written piece on CBS2 News website, which will show you how much they cared about the $20.5 million settlement that these two got, which, by the way, wasn't the only settlements for this month. $20.5 million. $20.5 million is the toll for September for the city to pay out. Where does that rank, say, since 2008? How, how outrageous is this amount of money for a month? Just those settlements alone... And I want to see, um, oh yeah. So the settlements for this month total were about $23.5 million. Where does that rank us? Well, it ranks about the sixth most expensive month for settlements between 2008 
and September of 2021. And if you're counting at home, people, that is 165 months. This was the sixth most expensive out of those 165 months. Where's the outrage? Where's the news media hounding the police department? Where's the news media hounding the alderman? Where's the news media hounding the mayor? That doesn't happen. No, 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 no. We just kind of quietly go by and CBS2 doesn't even think it's worth a, a video report. So it means it didn't make their, their regular newscast. $20.5 million settlement. So let's see. What was it all about? Let's check out the article. Without discussion, the City Council Finance Committee on Monday unanimously approved the settlement with Jose Montez and Armando Serrano, hope I'm pronouncing both those right, setting up a final vote by the full City Council on Tuesday. I think the City Council meets on Wednesday, but that's a whole other issue. Without discussion. And I'm not saying they weren't, like the, the settlements were probably worth doing. What I don't understand is there's no mechanism. There's no mechanism to hold the city council, the, the police department accountable. Where is it? What happened in these cases? What happened? Why are we settling? What are the facts? What's going on? We have a police and fire committee, that uh, public safety committee it's called now, that won't do anything. Why in the world are we, is the finance committee just letting it go without, without a discussion? I'm not saying they shouldn't have approved it, but how about like getting some, ask some questions? No, why would they do that? So why the settlement? Let's get to what CBS2 gives us here. The two were convicted in the 1993 murder of Rodrigo Vargas, whose body was found in a van parked near a Chicago elementary school, but were later released after the Illinois Appellate Court reversed their convictions, finding profound, alarming acts of misconduct. No. In the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, never. In the Vargas murder probe. Probably both from the police department is what they're talking about, and the state journey. And it ends, and Cook County prosecutors later asked the judge to dismiss the case altogether. This case is tied to Detective Gravera. He has cost the city untold amount of money, and he has cost the city and the, the criminal justice system untold numbers of convictions that were either completely fraudulent or frame jobs or they somehow lied about the evidence. Back to the article. In 2018, a federal grand jury awarded $17 million in damages to Jacques Jacques Rivera, who spent 21 years in prison for a murder of a 16-year-old Felix Valent Valentin before he was exonerated in 2011. That's right. I mean, just between these two settlements, Detective Rivera has cost the city $37 million. $37.5 million, actually. Where's the outrage? And for us, and for like when, well, from my perspective now dealing with it, ladies and gentlemen, who else was involved? Who else was involved in this? Partners, other officers, prosecutors, judges. Who was involved in this conviction? 
Should the, did the judge do everything on the trial he should have? Don't know. The reporters aren't going to look into that. How many prosecutors in the office were involved in this profound, alarming acts of misconduct? Or was it just Gravetta? I mean, when you're talking mass, systemic misconduct, like Detective Gravetta did, I mean, come on, the prosecutors that see him all the time were not involved in any of that misconduct? I, I find that hard to believe. Where is the accountability? Throughout the system. Every time there is a case like this, where someone gets out after all this time because he's basically been found to be innocent, there needs to be some kind of truth commission set up. They should hire a special prosecutor every single time this happens to dig into what did justice system actors, the police, the patrol cops, the detectives, the felony review prosecutor, the prosecutors, the appellate prosecutors, public defenders, what did they know and when did they know it? Hold people accountable. But it just disappears. We just write a check. We have such a weak system. If you're interested in a more robust response to this system, to this, you know, misconduct, lawsuit, settlement, misconduct, lawsuit, settlement, never-ending system where you can't get any information, go to cjpnation.org. Click on, under projects, the Police Settlement Transparency Ordinance. That is our ordinance. I wrote it. With help of some national-level police accountability experts, go look at what we're trying. We have a refined version that's not up yet, but the current version should be up. I mean, the one that was introduced under while Ron was here. We are going to be trying in the next few months to get a updated version of that introduced in the city council. So there's a petition there you can sign to support it. But we need lots and lots and lots of more information than what we've got so far, right? And that ordinance, the Police Settlement Transparency and Accountability Ordinance, will force that information public. It'll force the city council to do their job. It'll force the police and fire. Oh, I'm so old. The Public Safety Committee and the City Council to hold hearings on every settlement and judgment against the cops. This stuff will come out if we can get that ordinance passed. So the $20.5 million were not the only settlements this month. The other settlement approved by the Finance Committee on Monday, according to the article, was a $300,000 payment to Alexander Washington Riley, who was convicted of selling heroin and sentenced to 30 months of probation in May 2011 after officers identified the wrong suspect, mistaking him for a different Alexander Riley, according to Levine, I think that's the different lawyer. After trial, Riley claimed he had ineffective counsel as he had an alibi his attorney did not present at trial. Showing he was somewhere else at the time of the drug sale. In 2019, his conviction was vacated and he has filed a lawsuit against the city seeking $1.3 million in damages. So he got 300000 for his efforts. Once again, this is just business as usual in the city council. Misconduct, exoneration, or brutality, right? Litigation, settlement, wash, what is it? Rinse, repeat? Rinse, repeat? 
This is how these things get done in the city. We need to stop it. The only way we're going to stop these things from keep happening is if we have an honest and transparent process every time it does happen. I know it's hard to believe in Chicago. Okay. Our next segment is an op-ed. Is this op-ed in the Chicago Sun-Times? Headline, Chicago's public safety crisis threatens our whole city. Uh-oh. But let's dig a little deeper because... I'm not sure if the sources for this are credible. The media loves them. Let's see if it's credible. Who's written this? This is written by Alderman, 19th Ward Alderman, Matt, or Alderperson, Matt O'Shea, and Susan Lee, former Deputy Mayor for Lori Lightfoot, lasted a year before she quit. She didn't really explain why she was quitting, and, spoiler alert, she still hasn't explained why she's quitting. So let's get to this op-ed. One of us is an alderman who sold her person who serves on the advisory board of the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation and the board of the Chicago Police Chaplain's Ministry. Wonderful. Why does this automatically put alderman, alderperson Matt O'Shea, why does it all just cut him off at his knees? He has no credibility. Who runs the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation? Anyone? Anyone? Former superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, Phil Klein. Phil Klein was pushed out in 2008 for massive, epic, unprecedented, massive, epic, unprecedented cover-ups of brutality and abuse, kidnappings, mass robberies, by the Special Operations Section. Remember that unit? If you don't, look up Special Operation, look up Jerome Finnegan, because after four officers from the Special Operations Section out of a 100-man unit got arrested by local officials for kidnappings and other things, Jerome Finnegan, one of the, the leaders of the unit, thought that one or more of the officers that got arrested and other officers, I believe, were going to rat on him if they had not already, so he tried to organize the murder of those officers with a gang member. And he talked to one of the other officers that he thought was friends with him about setting up those murders. And then the feds came and arrested Jerome and put him in the federal prison. Bill Klein was superintendent at the time of SOS and was single-handedly responsible for the in my opinion, the cover-up of all the misdeeds of SOS. There's all kinds of accusations going on. Um, Deb Kirby ran internal affairs and did nothing during that whole time. There are rumors in the crim world in Chicago that there were two independent um, moles inside of internal affairs in the Chicago Police Department during this time. And internal affairs and Phil Klein turned a blind eye to everything that was going on until the feds came in and it was too late. So Phil gets pushed out. Where does he go to the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation? He's, I think he's making like three or $400,000 a year. He's living on Easy Street. So once I hear that from Alderman O'Shea, I have no faith in it. No faith in that. Well, let's go on. One of us is a former city official who helped develop and implement a community-based violence intervention plan for Chicago based on a strategy she led in Los Angeles. 
Despite our different roles, we both believe the people of Chicago are being presented with a false choice. The false choice is either more cops or community or more money towards these community interventions. One, this is why this is so full of crapola. Susan Lee resigned out of the blue after a year in Mayor Lightfoot's office. Why? Susan Lee, it got outed in the hack of Jones Day when the mayor and the superintendent in 2019 after the July 4th holiday started ranting and raving on television about bail reform and, um, and judges and how they're all to blame for the crime on the street. She pushed back to the mayor. We have those emails. You can find them online. I think they're posted on our site somewhere in a blog or a, one of the details are on a podcast. No one has ever talked to her since, really. Well, Susan, why'd you leave? What happened in the mayor's office that you came here, moved here, and then left after a year? Susan Lee then took a job at Chicago Cred. Um, they do good work. Ernie Duncan, they're one of the intervention, the community interventions that she's talking about here. Here's the problem. Well, let's go on and we'll get to the, we'll get to the problem later on. Today, our police department, from the article, today our police department is at least 600 officers short of full strength and likely to be even more shorthanded at the end of the year. Additionally, CPD has redeployed more than 1,000 officers out of neighborhood districts into citywide teams that do not respond to 911 calls. The citywide development, this citywide development has compounded CPD's resource shortages in neighborhood districts and impacted 911 response services for our residents. Alderman O'Shea and Susan Lee have, I mean, the thousand person special teams is true. They have no evidence that that's impacted anything. They have nothing. That's propaganda coming from the police union. We're short. What are we short of? I should put up, I should make, I got to get funding for it. I should put like a, a money that if someone can prove how the CPD knows how many officers they could have, they could get that money. Spoiler alert, people, the amount of officers that the CPD needs was negotiated between Phil Klein and the alderman. It's a political number. It's not based on any data. It's not based on any facts. And we know that because the CPD right now is trying, with the help of University of Chicago Crime Lab, is trying to design a manpower study for Chicago. I don't know what all the work is around because they've been done all over the country. And they could be done very easily in Chicago. If we had funding, we could do it. We have the data. You use calls for service. 911 calls. That's what you use traditionally. We have them. We just need the money. We could do that study in a heartbeat. So I'm not sure what this is all about. They have no idea what the right number is. So you can't say short of what. We're short of the budgeted number that is completely BS and has no basis in reality whatsoever. They're short of that number. How many officers should be in each district? Well, you need to do the big study to do the small study. To get to that, you need to know how many cops each Chicago, the city needs, so you know how many cops each district needs. They've never done that. They had one. I have a copy of it. Um, Weiss, not Superintendent Weiss, Alexander Weiss from Northwestern did a study for the for the city of Chicago, the Chicago Police Department. I have it. It was poorly done. That's why the CPD has never really used it. They don't have any facts to know how many cops they need. It's a lie. And here's Susan Lee and Alderperson O'Shea, who have no idea what they're talking around staffing, echoing it. We're short cops. We're short cops. 
It's a lie. It's BS. It's propaganda put out by the union. And I was at a, I tried to look for it, but I couldn't find it. I was at a talk at the university, a Loyola University of Chicago on staffing. And I, during that talk, said that the FOP is useless because they could force the city to do a manpower study. They don't want to do one because they know or fear that the science is going to show they need less cops than is what budgeted. And God forbid you shrink the power of their union. They don't want that. They want the money churning in. When the FOP got up to speak after me, they said it's not their job to know how many officers Chicago needs. Yes, they said that. Unbelievable. See, it's not the union's responsibility to know how many officers the city needs to know how to keep their officers safe. That's right. It's not the union's job. It's mind-boggling. So that's context about what's going on here. Let's go back to the article. For every Chicago... So for every cred, Chicago cred participant, we found more than 20 individuals with similar risk profiles who were not receiving similar services. Here is the failure. Susan Lee, and she gets called out for it in the interview, and you'll see in a minute, is not talking about poverty, systemic racism, all the systemic issues that are employment, housing, that are facing communities where there's the most violence. No. Nope. I had on three people, one from... Um, trying to get all their names and I can't. So one from CP4P, one from Chicago Cred, and Ready Chicago. Two of them were on the street working with people, right? Heading up those programs. Another one was a communications person for Chicago Cred. They said in that interview, in on video, we're a band-aid. We're not the solution to what's going on in these communities. Yes, we could use for more funding to, to expand, but you can't rely on it. This is not the long-term solution. We are not the long-term solution. Here, you have Alderman O'Shea, Alderperson O'Shea, and Susan Lee saying, the long-term solution, what's going on to crime and violence in Chicago, is more cops and more money to community street intervention people, and they're not. I'm all for more money to go to take the TIF money and give it to the south and west sides. That's a billion dollars a year. You could fund Chicago Cred 10 times what you're giving it now. It is not a solution. It's a Band-Aid on a Band-Aid at best. But this is what you get from these people. Susan Lee is all about these community interventions. She's only going to, she's like, right? If you're always walking around with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Her hammer is these street interventions. Those people do great work. They need more money. No doubt they're not the solution. I have them on my show saying that. Here we are, months later, they're the solution. One more piece in the article. More police officers are needed to respond to 911 calls in our communities to create a deterrent to criminals. Deterrence doesn't work. You're stoned. And I've got proof of that. Hold on a second. Investigating shootings and dealing with high-intensity situations. More outreach workers and social workers are needed to teach young people at risk before to reach more young people at risk before they commit crimes, prevent retaliatory shootings, and steer them into the legal economy. All right, let's go back from the end to the front. Legal economy, there are no jobs. And you're not, you're not, you're not advocating for anything that's going to create more jobs. Sorry, it's not. So if it's between hustling on the street, gang activity, drug markets, illicit markets, and just sitting at home not doing anything and not earning any money, you're dreaming. 
dreaming if you think a long-term solution is just these people just need to make better solutions and just go get a job. There are no jobs. You're dreaming. It's incredibly stupid. Next, prevent retaliatory shootings. I'm all for it. They actually can do that. Reach young people at risk before they commit crime. How about giving finding ways to employ all these people and letting the benefits, such as they are, of capitalism work? Employ people. There is no talk in this op-ed about employment. There's no talk in this op-ed about changing education. It's about more cops and better decision-making from these people. Chicago cred could expand their work by 50 times. There are no jobs for those people. This is like a 1950s mentality that Susan Lee and Alderman O'Shea are explain, are doing here. In the 1950s, vice lords were around. The cops were more able to tell who was on a corner, was, was e more easily able to identify who was on a corner as being a bad guy. Because if you just had muscle, if you just were able to put in any effort, you could get a job. Slaughterhouses, meatpacking, blah, 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 right? That's all gone. It isn't about better decision making. It's about providing opportunity. And nothing here is about providing opportunity. Because they have a hammer. Their hammer is street intervention and more cops. And that they can't get outside of that box. They just can't for the life of them get out of that box. I'm all for give Chicago cred 10 times, 20 times, Chicago cred CP4P and Ready Chicago. Give them 10 times what you're giving them now. Systemic long-term meaningful change in North London and back of the yards in Inglewood ain't happening. Are they going to reach some people and make some changes in individuals' lives? Absolutely, and I'm all for it. The reality is we have to fund them at 10 times what they're getting funded now and also find money to create real long-lasting opportunity in these communities. Change the education system. Those should be gold, solid gold to schools. But there's nothing in this op-ed about that. So I am going to get to the Susan Lee on NBC and the CWP uh, social media fails on Monday. Uh, we are so this coming week we will be back at five thirty Central Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The week after we're going to be shifting the time, and I'll be I'll have more information for that next week. Remember, you can reach us at on our Facebook page, Twitter page, uh, Twitter account at CJP Just Praj, or on our YouTube channel or on Twitch. You can also if you're interested in sponsoring, cjpinfo.org. If you're interested in um, our activism and our uh, what's called CJP Nation, you can get to cjpnation.org and you can find out more information, submit, inform submit your name if you want to be contacted by Meredith and Laura, and they are heading it up now. Uh, otherwise, find out more about transparency work, accountability work, and our publishing research at chicagojustice.org. It's the 17th, so in about 10 days, we are publishing our next piece, which will be on violence against women and the data around that. 
Um, so keep an eye out for that, and I will see you when I'll see you Monday, five thirty Central. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Oh,